Amen. Thank you so much for that song, that song, Bow the Knee. That's perfect for the message I have this morning. Uh, Pastor Scott, you made me feel old today. <clears throat> somebody just last Wednesday, somebody said, oh, BJ, you're getting a little uh, gray, a little color there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, watch this. <laughs> Bifocals. <laughs> yeah, these things happen as you get old. I think I heard Pastor Scott, you said you've been here for 38 years. And so I've been here 37-ish, coming, you know, sometimes hot, sometimes cold, as he mentioned. But uh, I'm happy to be here. I really am. This is is home. Uh, This is the place I love. It's a place that has influenced me tremendously. I'm sad to be here. I left Tanzania, it was 95 degrees. Uh, there are other things. There's a, my mind is racing with things that I want to address. I want to address it, but this is not the place or the time for that. Uh, I, want to, I want to lift up our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to preach about God. I want to show you His sovereignty, His Greatness, so that when life throws you problems, you can bow the knee. So <clears throat> at, at, at my church in Tanzania, we I've, I decided, for some reason, I decided, let's preach through the book of Jeremiah. It's the longest book in the Bible. And so let's, let's start from chapter 1, verse 1, and go verse by verse. So, so far since June, we've made it to the first 28 chapters Uh, We're still working through it. It's an awesome book. It it really is a great book. And I hope that you will spend time reading it after we get through this introduction, chapter 1 of Jeremiah, today. I was talking with somebody a couple of days ago, not from this church, somebody else, and they asked me, they were frustrated with their church. They said, what's what's the purpose of church? That's a good question. You, You could ask that question about all ministries. What's the purpose of this ministry? What's the purpose of of missions? I've been a missionary for 20 years. And what is the purpose? Well, I believe the purpose is to worship God. Amen? The reason we send missionaries to places uh, across the world is because there are no people there worshiping God. And God has sent us to go make disciples. Now, uh, I want to bring this simple message from Jeremiah chapter 1. I, I apologize in advance. I'm a simple preacher, uh, and uh, hopefully that doesn't offend you. Uh, I, re- I was reading John Wesley recently, and he wrote that uh, he writes his writings to, uh, he, he, he tries to write plain truth for plain people. Now, I'm not insinuating that you are simple people, but I have a simple message for you this morning. From Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah records the call of Jeremiah. It's very instructional. It's inspiring. Uh, And as I preached through the book of Jeremiah in Tanzania, I realized uh, this is an incredible book. Now, before we get into the the message, I I have to give you the context of the book. I'm a big context man. You ever walk into a conversation and they're talking about something, having a good time? You want to know, what are you talking about? And what's going on? My wife tries to ask me 
uh, things or talks to me some things. I'm like, wait a minute, I need more context. Back up about 10 minutes and explain to me what are we talking about. And so let me give you the 30-second version uh, of the context, the historical context of the book of Jeremiah. Context makes a big difference in interpretation and application. Uh, And here in the history of Israel, we understand that Israel is a divided nation. Israel, there's ten tribes that have split away from the whole, and these ten tribes to the north, uh, the Bible refers to them as Israel or Ephraim. Now, the other two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, uh, they're to the south of the nation, and they're known as the, the, the nation of Judah. Now, both of these nations have rebelled against God. That's an amazing thought. God's people have turned their backs on God. And in the past, God sent His prophets. He's always sent His Word to bring people back to God. And He sent the likes of Elijah and Elisha and even Jonah to the nation of Israel, the northern tribes. And He had them preach the message of repentance, turn back to God. Before it's too late. Israel, they refused. They would not repent. And so God did what He said He would do. God keeps His his promises. And God sent destruction. During the days of Jeremiah, there is no Israel anymore. It's been destroyed. It's gone. Now, the amazing thing is, the same thing's about to happen to Judah. Destruction is coming. As Jeremiah shows up on the scene, there's only about 22 years left until Nebuchadnezzar comes and totally destroys Jerusalem, the temple, the nation of Judah. And they will no longer be a nation again until 1940, what, 42, 48? Until 1948. From, From 600 B.C. to 1948. Why? Because God's people rebelled against God, and they would not repent. That's an amazing thought. What's even more amazing is Moses, 900 years before, Moses said this very thing would happen in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, when I read through the prophets, I'm reminded, every time God has a word of judgment, judgment is coming, there's always a word of hope. Always. Uh, in Tanzania, everybody's familiar with the, 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 the verse, for the wages of sin is, and that's judgment, isn't it? Where's that word of hope? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God does that all throughout Scripture. Judgment, hope. Now, He's going to do the same thing throughout the book of Jeremiah. Today, we're going to look at the call of Jeremiah. In the call of Jeremiah, when God calls him to be his prophet, we see some amazing doctrines of God. And I want to share them with you so that you will be able to lift your eyes upward and see God uh, for who he is and what he does. Now, before I run out of time, I think my 30 second introduction is past time. Let's continue on. Jeremiah chapter one, verse one, the Bible says the words of Jeremiah the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anaroth, in the land of Benjamin. Now, if you're like me, that verse 1 is just easy to skim over 
and not pay attention to. But there's some important things here. In verse 1, Jeremiah is giving us his credentials, who he is, where he comes from. And that's important because Jeremiah is a prophet. He's going to speak for God. He's going to speak on God's behalf. And you just can't simply wake up one morning and decide, mm, I'm going to be a prophet today. No, you have to have, you have to meet the qualifications. You have to have the right credentials. And Jeremiah is saying, this is who I am. My father, Hilkiah, was a priest. Uh, and, and this is my credentials. And so he gives them to us. Uh, in Jeremiah's day, there was a lot of false prophets. There were a lot of false messages. Uh, God had been sending prophets telling them that judgment was coming. And the false prophets are saying, ah, don't worry about it. The temple of God is here in Jerusalem. God would never allow uh, destruction to come to His temple. We're going to be fine. Peace and safety. Don't worry about it. And Jeremiah gives his credentials. Verse number 2, he gives us the content to whom, he says, the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. I'm so glad that all I have to do today is tell you what God says and what you should do about it. I'm so glad that the content of my message is the Word of God. And, and it doesn't have to be the Word of BJ. In fact, I don't think any of you would show up if I had just a message from the words of BJ. <laughs> And so I'm thankful. Uh, I, in Tanzania, I preach to, or I teach to the the preacher boys. And in Tanzania, we have we have a lot of churches. We just don't have any good ones. And so we started a ministry, a seminary, where we're teaching preacher boys good doctrine. And uh, so as I was teaching through uh, the New Testament, I I mentioned about preaching and teaching, and I said to the to the class, there were about 20 students there. I said. You guys know the difference between preaching and teaching, right? And somebody raised their hand and they said, well, teaching, teaching is when you stand at the pulpit and you lecture the people. And I said, OK, what about preaching? They said, oh, preaching, you have to hold your Bible and you have to walk around and you have to do all this. <laughs> That's the only difference. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, kind of, I suppose, but not quite. But. But teaching uh, the Word of God, preaching is teaching the Word of God and then telling you what to do about it and, and pulling you to, do, to make that action, to do something about what you just learned. And so Jeremiah says, I've got the content, which is the Word of God. Verse number three, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive, in the fifth month, in verse number three, we get the timeline of the story. He gives us the dates of when Jeremiah happens. By the way, if you go and study the book of Jeremiah, none of it's written in chronological order. Uh, it's, it's, it's a collection of sermons and events and prophecies compiled together. So it's easy to get confused if you don't pay attention. Now, verse number four and five, we get to the meat of this morning's message. He says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet 
unto the, unto the nations. God reveals three attributes of himself in calling Jeremiah to the ministry. An attribute is who God is, what he does, his character, characteristics. And God begins, by the way, the Old Testament is wonderful because it shows us who God is. And if you skip the Old Testament and only go to the New, you skip missing uh, the, the facts and the information about who God is and what he does. And I, I think that that's sorely lacking in Christians' lives today. Uh, and so God starts with something very simple and he says, before I formed thee. God is claiming and, and revealing to Jeremiah that God is the creator. God is speaking directly to Jeremiah and he says, I am the one who is responsible for making you. God takes credit for the formation of Jeremiah's life. And just a few years before Jeremiah lived, God spoke the same truth through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 45, 12, he says, I have made the earth. And created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all of their hosts have I commanded. God was actively involved in making Jeremiah who he is. Are we together? God chose Jeremiah's gender. God chose Jeremiah's race. He selected all of the tiny bits, the, the DNA that would give him his hair color and his height and his strength and, and his, his mental capacity. God did that. He was even involved in who's, who Jeremiah's parents were. When God created Jeremiah, he made no mistakes. Amen? Psalm 139 Verse 14, David says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Jeremiah is going to say the same thing later in chapter 32, uh, verse 17. He says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Now, what was true of Jeremiah is true of you. God is your creator. Amen? Now, I know that the, 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 that's not what scientists say. I know that's not what the textbooks say. Uh, it's a different message on the Discovery Channel. But this is what God has said. He's the creator. And He's the one who created you. He has formed you, God, He's formed you the way you are on purpose. Right? He made no mistakes. Now, I know you don't believe me. I know, especially the teenagers. They woke up this morning. They looked, they looked into the mirror and they said, oh, oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, God, you, look at my complexion. Hey, God, you made a mistake. Huh? I woke up in the mirror and I said, where's, where's all my hair going? <laughs> Why is it leaving so quickly? Yeah, this is a mistake. I know generally people think, oh, God messed up. He made a mistake. No, no, no. God made you the way you are, and he did it on purpose. Now, 
Some people say I'm too short. Some people say I'm too fat. It's true. Some of our life's choices have defaced God's creation. I mean, can I get a witness? Right? But originally, fundamentally, you are what God wanted to create. God created you and He willingly worked in you knowing who you would become today. God is the Creator. God is omniscient. Back to chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God knows everything. He's omniscient. He knows Jeremiah. Uh, God is not only Creator, but, but He knows all the details about about Jeremiah's life and about his being. Uh, this word know in Hebrew, yada, is a, is a big word. It has a, many different senses to it. Uh, it can have the sense that he knows all of the facts. Uh, David said in uh, Psalm 139 uh, that when he was in his mother's womb, God knew all about his, the facts of his body, uh, all of his members, his fingers, his toes. His, uh, all of those things were written down. God knew the facts about David. And God knows the facts about you, your life, your body. Uh, also, this word to know can have the sense that God knows him personally, intimately, like a husband and wife know each other, or like a best friend knows his, his friend, like a father knows his son. That's how God knows Jeremiah. God knew Jeremiah's limitations. He knew his fears. He knew his thoughts and his desires. Again, Psalm 139 explains this very well. And David writes in verse 1, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. That's a thorough searching. A complete searching. The point is, God was fully aware. He was aware of who Jeremiah would become. And based on that information, He chose him to do the work so that he could glorify God. Now, let me apply that to you. Before the Creator God formed you, He knew you. You believe that? He knew who you would become. He knew what you would do in life. Remember those bad things you said the other day? That bad thing you did the other day? He knew that one too. He knew that. Now, now don't miss this. Even though God knew that my sin was going to require Him to make the, the, the greatest sacrifice ever, my sin, in order to forgive me and redeem me from my sin, He was going to have to die in my place. He was going to have to sacrifice Himself on the cross so that I could be free, so that I could be forgiven. Uh, but, but, but who I am, I mean, who God created, pleased God so much that He decided to go ahead and create me anyway. Even though it was going to cost Him so much. Who you are and who you are becoming is precious to God. Uh, again, I know we make mistakes. I'm not talking about the mistakes. I'm talking about the Creator God who knows everything about 
who likes you, even though you are who you are. No, wait, it's more than that. He loves you and decided to create you anyway. Isn't that amazing? Why would God do that? The, 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 the psalmist says, who is man that thou art mindful of him? Who, who am I that God would send Christ? For Who are we that God would send Christ in our place? And I mean this in humility. We must be something special. We are the children of God. Amen? Listen, our teenagers need to hear this message. And I'm afraid our adults need to hear this message. Uh, we need to be reminded of the simple fact. God's the Creator. And He knows you. And even though He knows you, He loves you. He likes you. Mm. Now, He created you so you could glorify Him. He created you so you and God could have a relationship together. God made no mistakes when He created you. Amen. Now, God is also claiming to be sovereign. Look at verse 5 again. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Because God is the Creator, that automatically makes Him sovereign over His creation. He's the boss. Can I, can I say that? I mean it in respect. He's the boss. He's the sovereign king of all kings. There is no one, there is nothing higher than the God of heaven. Amen? And, and God the Creator who created you, who created Jeremiah, claims to be in charge of Jeremiah's life. And so Jeremiah, God tells Jeremiah, I have set you aside, I've sanctified you, and I've ordained you. I've got a job for you to do. Is that fair? Is it fair for God to tell you and me what to do with our lives? Yeah, absolutely. If, if He's sovereign, if He's creator, it's absolutely 100% fair. He's the boss. I was in Tanzania, and, <laughs> and I saw this, this kid. In Tanzania, uh, we don't have Walmart, Toys R Us, those sort of things. Uh, the only toys that the children have are the toys that they make. Uh, I've seen kids walking around with... <laughs> with a bicycle rim that had no spokes and a stick, and they would push the rim along and see how far they could keep the rim standing straight up without falling. That's their toy. Uh, but I saw this child, and he had, he had built himself a homemade Toyota 4x4 Land Cruiser. All right, he found some wire laying around. He twisted the wire and, and bent it into the frame of a, of a truck, and uh, he found those, um, you know those shoes you wear to the beach, the ones that... I call them flip-flops. Is that what you call Flip-flops? He found some old flip-flops. Flip-flops are the national shoe that everybody wears in Tanzania. It's summer all year, by the way, and I sure missed that weather. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, he found some flip-flops, and he, he took the flip-flops, and he cut out, he used a knife, and he cut out four wheels, and he stuck those wheels onto those axles that he created, and he found some bottle caps, and he hammered them on there, glued them on there or something, twisty tied or whatever, and he found some pieces of string and he made a little leash and, and he had this truck and he was so proud and all the boys were, were like oohing and on over this toy that he made. And, and, and because he's the creator, he told the truck what to do, right? 
Uh, if he wanted to go across the rough road, the rocky terrain, he'd drive it across the rough road. If he wanted to go fast and speed, he'd take off uh, running with his truck. And, and one of the kids I watched, one of the kids came up to him and said, Oh, man, I like your truck. Can I play with it? Well, the creator gets to decide, doesn't he? He gets to say yes or no. It's my truck. I can decide if I want to let you to play with it or not. Because he's in charge. He's over all things. It's the same thing with Jeremiah. Jeremiah created you. And now I've got a work for you to do. I've got a job that I want you to do. I've sanctified you. Uh, you know the word sanctified, right? I've set you apart. Let me give you an illustration. Uh, i got to catch my breath. In Tanzania, <laughs> most people don't use toilet paper. Oh, we use toilet paper. <laughs> but most people don't. They, it's, it's not their culture. It's too expensive, whatever. Uh, remember the toilet paper crisis of 2020? It didn't happen in Tanzania. Uh, instead, they have a bucket of water. And usually there's some soap. And so you do your business, you use the bucket of water. Well, those buckets are special. <laughs> the mama, she, she goes to the market and she looks uh, for the, the bucket salesman guy. And she goes and she selects two buckets. One bucket she's going to use in the outhouse, the cho. The other bucket she's going to use in the kitchen. Uh, she'll wash the vegetables. She'll clean the dishes. Now, now she has a plan. One bucket for the outhouse. One bucket for the kitchen. And these two buckets never trade places. We together? One bucket has been sanctified for the outhouse. One bucket has been sanctified for the kitchen. They've been set apart. They've got jobs to do. And, and, and they don't ever change places, right? That's God's plan. And God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I sanctified you before you were ever born. I had a plan for your life. I had a plan for you to do. Do you know every one of you here have a plan that God wants you to do? It's true. He's got something for you to do with your life. To live it for His glory. To live it for His cause. God wants you to do something. And before you were born, your Creator had you in mind. He knew your limitations. He knew your fears. But He still sanctified you to do a particular task. Now, if you're, if you're like me, or like my wife, if you're like Jeremiah... Sometimes we resist God's call. Hmm? I know you all know Kathy's uh, testimony. Uh, she used to pray when she was a child. God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything you want me to do. But please don't make me go to Africa. Now we've changed that prayer. Please don't make us go to Hawaii. <laughs> Just in case, right? But sometimes, often, we resist God's plan. Jeremiah does the same thing. Look at verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, 
I cannot speak for I'm a child. Uh, you ever been there? I've been there. <laughs> uh, I went, uh, one of the guys in our church, his friend died and he asked me to take him to, take him to the funeral. And I said, oh, all right, let's go. And, and I, I barely know Swahili at this time. And we go to this, this funeral and there's hundreds, hundreds of people at the funeral. And, and the funeral guy, director person sees me and, and, and I kind of, I, I was sticking out. I mean, I was obvious. And he says, oh, 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 Mchungaji, pastor, come, come, come. We're going to put you in the front row. Uh, you can sit in the front row right here. You get out of the way. He's going to sit there in your seat. And, and, and during, the, during the funeral, you can say some words. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't plan. I don't have any notes. And I don't have any Swahili. And you want me to speak about somebody I don't know to all of these hundreds of people? God, I can't speak. Right? Just like Jeremiah is saying. I can't do this. And Jeremiah, he claims to be unqualified. You know who that sounds like to me? That sounds a lot like Moses, doesn't it? Exodus chapter 4, if you want to read the three verses, I'm going to read there. Exodus chapter 4, verse number 10. Moses says to the Lord, God just called Moses and God just told Moses, I want you to go uh, to Egypt and bring the Israelites back. And, and, and Moses is hearing God speak and he's resisting God's will. And, and verse 10 says, Moses said unto the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. I hear you, Moses. I understand completely. But, you know, some, some preachers have said Moses had a, had, a, had, a, had a speech impediment. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe. But I, I got a different perspective, if I may. Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house where they spoke Pharaoh's language. Not the Hebrew language. And, and, and Moses said, God, I can't go and speak to your Hebrew people in their language. I've got a heavy tongue. My accent is hard to understand. I was out soul winning one day and I was talking to the lady uh, in, in Swahili. And I said, you know, I was talking to her about some general things. And, and she looked at the, the deacon that was with me and she said, huh? And he said, the exact, he said the exact same words that I said. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah. And so I said another sentence, and she looked back at him and said, huh? And he said the exact words that I said. I'm like, woman, I'm speaking your language. But she couldn't hear me because of my accent was too heavy. I had a slow tongue. I had a heavy tongue. Well, I can imagine Moses saying the same thing. Maybe not, but maybe. And, and now, now listen, look at what God says to Moses in verse 11 and 12. And the Lord said unto him, who hath made man's mouth? Or who make the, makes the, the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and I will teach thee what to say. You know what God told Moses? I'm the Creator. I know your limitations. And I'm going to enable you to do what I want you to do. It's that simple. God is God. He knows everything about you. And He's sending you. And you say, I can't. I, I'm not sure if I can. And God says, I will make you able. Because I'm God. Because I can do those things. I will make you able. Now, back to Jeremiah. Uh, he claims he's not ready. He's not, he's, he can't speak. And he also says, I'm, I'm a child. Did you see it there in verse number 6? The, the last part there. He says, for I'm a child. But you know, at this time when Jeremiah writes, he's about 21 years old. That, that is young. To be 
a prophet of the nations, right? Imagine a 21-year-old president of the United States. No snide remarks. Uh, Everybody, even the millennials know that's a mistake. (laughs) He's too young, right? And that's what Jeremiah is saying. Um, I don't have any standing in the community. They won't listen. Now, God says, God resists Jeremiah's resistance. He says, that's not going to work. Look at verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. God tells us that he has seen the future. He has foreknowledge. He knows this is going to happen. Jeremiah, I know I'm going to send you, and I know you're going to go. I've seen the end. I know you're going to go, so stop resisting and just fall in and do it. Just do it, and I'll go with you. Look at verse 8. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. He gives Jeremiah two promises. I will be with you all the way, and I'm going to protect you. I'm going to deliver you. Now, if you read further on in the book of Jeremiah, hmm, Jeremiah suffers. We talked about suffering in Sunday school classes. A great, a great lesson. Jeremiah suffers. Why? Because God has a plan for his life. That's it. And God says they're not going to listen. They're not going to be happy. They're going to mistreat you, arrest you, and beat you. But I'll deliver you. And I'll be with you. All the way. I'll give you, I've given you just a, a glimpse of my testimony. I'm sure I've said it before in years past, but we've been on the mission field for 16 years, and when God directed me to go to Tanzania, I was kind of, I was excited, to be honest. I was also very nervous. <laughs> God, you know, they speak Swahili in Tanzania, and I ain't real good at English. God's, God says, Atuna Matata. I'll teach you Swahili. All right. Lord, you know they don't have good medical care. They don't have good good hospitals. There's many viruses there. And then God showed me 2020, where there's viruses all around the world. <laughs> yeah. If God goes with you, right, you can do anything. Lord, it's 8 thousand miles away from Flint, Michigan. Now, I know Flint, Michigan is a good place to be from. But that's a long ways away. And God assured my heart through His Word and said, I'll go with you. Every mile, I'll be with you. You can do it because I'm going to do it through you. So what's the point of this message? I've been pulling on you. Have you felt it? I've been been showing you God. So what's the point? God is God. He's my creator who knows everything about me. He's my sovereign Lord. He's the boss who has a plan for my life. And He's the one whom I can trust to enable me to do what He wants me to do for Him. He is worthy of worship. Amen? See, when we have the right perspective of who God is and what God does, it it insulates us from sin. 
It prompts us to surrender to His will. It gives us assurance that we can do what God wants us to do. Pastor Tolman, you can come now. We're going to sing the song to close our service. And it, it's a prayer that has been written or written to music, put to music afterwards. It's, oh, great God. And, and it's, it's a phenomenal song that we can pray as we sing. Oh, great God of highest heaven. Right? Glorify thyself in me. In me. That's why I'm here. To glorify God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word of God. Thank you for being who you are, our sovereign Lord. Thank you for enabling and providing for us. Lord, I pray that you would move in each person's heart today. Draw them to you. Help them to see you. Inspire them to serve you. And Lord, I pray for your blessing on the rest of the service. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.